Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hi, everybody. We are broadcasting live from Taste in Rogers Park, and I want to apologize to Lady B, who's back in the studio, and to my guest, Caleb, who's joining us. Uh, um, Caleb is going to talk to us about an important organization over here in Rogers Park. Before I do that, I want to continue to apologize. We uh, we were plugged in, and I think I tripped something off and uh, unplugged the whole the whole system went down. So thank you for holding down the fort again, Lady B. We are at Taste in Rogers Park, Taste Food and Wine, and it's right over here on Jarvis and Greenwood, right by the 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 red, the purple line, the right here, the red line. We yeah, because they don't the purple doesn't stop. They got to go all, all the way to Evanston, whatever. Uh, but it's right here in a beautiful little neighborhood that uh, is an absolutely enchanting. They've got part of the street blocked off for outdoor dining, a row of incredible restaurants, and uh, we have Manaqua Brewing in house. Kurt Banks is going to join us in just a little bit to talk about, uh, of course, what's going on at with Progressive Brew, <laughs> and he's an opera singer, so he's got to show off. We'll have uh, we'll have mayoral candidate Cam Buckner joining us in just a little bit, and I want to thank everyone here at Taste for being so hosp- hospitable and and generous with their space and. And, uh, and my wiring everything together all at once. And for my guest right now who joins us, Caleb came in. Uh, Caleb, remind me what your last name is again. I'm Caleb D. Berry. Let me turn you up a little bit. Caleb D. Berry, go ahead. Hi. Um, so, yes, I'm Caleb D. Berry. I serve as the board vice president for HS Harvest. We're a community organization dedicated to ending and eradicating uh, hunger and poverty, not just in Rogers Park, but in the greater Chicago area. And it's a lot of work, and it's the kind of thing that you have to really be passionate. I'm going to ask you to pull this a little bit closer to your mouth just so I can hear your beautiful voice. Um, and so what got you involved? Well, first, let me start here. Where did you grow up, Caleb? I grew up right here in Rogers Park. You did? I would say born and raised, but I was born in St. Francis, just on the other side of the Evanston-Chicago border. Fair. Pretty much I've been uh, in the same area just on Howard my entire life, and I really think this community helped raise me. You know, it takes a village, and so any way I can give back, I'm incredibly thankful for it. And where did you go to high school? I went to Northside College Prep. And you did? That, yeah, I did. Oh. And before that, I was a product of uh, Disney Magnet and Gale Elementary. So all public schools in Chicago? All public schools. There you go. And it's uh, my son had uh, Northside Prep on his list. Uh, broke my heart when he didn't put Lane Tech higher up on the list. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm a little biased, but... <laughs> well, it's a beautiful school. I mean, uh, that swimming pool alone was gorgeous. Always freezing. We always have oh, swimming no. in January. <laughs> oh, well, it has a big windows too so it's probably hard to heat too oh, very. i would imagine mm-hmm. so when did you start working with uh, with folks in the community who needed some support was that something that drew you when you were in high school yeah i've always been very engaged in that regard. my mother is a community organizer and i always used to follow her to all of her events and so you know i first you know got engaged with hs harvest sometime in middle school uh and i always you know i was kind of volunteering helping out in any capacity i could and uh-huh. i was you know, at some point offered a position on the board. You know, I our uh, organization very much prioritizes the health and well-being of our community, and so it's only right that our board is reflective of that. We have a lot of community members, a lot of diversity in that regard. And so I'm really proud of the work that we do. And there's, you know, during the pandemic, there was obviously a shift in how work was done, you know, whether it was in person or giving folks, trying to meet folks where they were. There was a lot of, you had to be nimble during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, didn't you? Yeah. You know, we uh, 
we feed the hungry every day of the week, 24-7, regardless of holiday, weekend, what have you. And so when the pandemic first hit, uh, we were very worried about how we were going to continue uh, our mission of uh, feeding people. And, you know, the answer is right in front of us, just bag lunches. Uh, and with uh, that combined with our food pantry open every Wednesday, we were really able to continue uh, trying to meet the needs of those in our community. And people don't realize, you know, whether it's because they can put groceries on their credit cards or they're ordering out, you know, that people are using Uber and DoorDash and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was easy for folks to be isolated and not realize how vulnerable some people were in our communities, either prior to the pandemic or in particular during the pandemic, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think that us as Rogers Parkers were really aware of what was going on here because, you know, just even outside of those that might face uh, food insecurity, you know, we had a lot of... Uh, we have some uh, issues with those that have been displaced out of housing due to, you know, having faced higher rents or having lost their jobs. And so we have, um, you know, encampments in the, uh, in the community. And I think it's hard for a lot of people in the neighborhood to just be unaware of the struggle that a lot of people are facing. But it's the strength and the resilience of our community, the way that we all really do give back is something I'm really proud of. I always say, you know, I think Chicago's the best city in the world. And of that, I think Rogers Park is the best neighborhood in the world. What have you learned? Because I, I don't think, I, I, you know, when I was in college, we would hear stories about people who didn't have homes, who were living, you know, in tents or in tent cities or under viaducts and things like that. And I think it's, it's something that isn't necessary. Again, people drive by, mm-hmm. uh, people walk around and don't want to be bothered by somebody. They, they, they feel like they often look down on uh, or want to clear out a space because it's not pretty in the neighborhood without taking into account the human being that is experiencing that, right? Uh, What can you tell us about, I mean, they know that there were, in the city of Chicago, there were efforts to basically evict people and take all of their things and dump it. What, what, What would you say to the folks in Rogers Park, how they address what's going on in their community? Well... It's a, I'm sure it's varied, of right? Course. Right? It's like uh, anywhere else. Everyone's got a different opinion. Everywhere. Yeah. I think, first and foremost, we have to recognize, you know, their humanity. Yeah. These are people we're talking about. These are people with lives and with, you know, obviously people are struggling. And so the first thing I would say is help out if you can. Of course, not everybody has that, um, that capacity, that bandwidth. But I really uh, do think, especially with, you know... The work that we do, we want to put ourselves out of business. It's our goal to, you know, make it so that nobody, you know, needs a hot meal. Yeah. uh, Or at least can, you know, provide one for themselves. And so not only do we, you know, uh, provide meals, but we also are, you know, working on economic enrichment opportunities for the neighborhood, economic development. We are working, um, you know, we advocate on policy that we think is going to, you know, benefit people. We, again, you know, our, our mission is to feed the hungry. Our mission is to eradicate poverty. We're going to do as much as we can yeah. uh, with the resources we have. We always ask people to give in more, and this is such a wonderful neighborhood to operate in because everybody's so willing to help out. We have a waiting list uh, for servers. Oh, um, really? Yeah, at least back when we had hot meals, uh, when we were, you know, everybody sat down in our, you know, community kitchen and our dining room. Uh, as we, you know transition uh back into that um that format i think our uh this is going to be even longer the, and i appreciate that that you, your goal is to go out of business meaning to not have the need isn't there anymore yeah right you know we really do think that 
unfortunately, this is work that needs to be done, right? Sure. And as long as that need exists, we will do it as long as we can. Uh, and of course, that's not possible without the help of our wonderful volunteers, our wonderful donors. Uh, and, you know, uh, in this season of giving, uh, we're very, uh, of course, open to anybody else. If you have any ways to help, feel free to visit our website, hsharvest.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn more about what we do, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, meet somebody. <laughs> Caleb, what, uh, what are some of the ways people can support you, especially at this time? I mean, we, we often think of this time of year. We, we're like, well, everyone should have a nice Christmas meal or things like that. And mm-hmm. that's great, but that energy needs to be sustained throughout the year, obviously, right? Especially as we get into the depths of winter. Yes. I will say, if it's possible, uh, reoccurring donations are always very, very welcome. Um, At the same time, we value any uh, donations to the food pantry uh, that are available, and your time, of course, in preparing the food. Um, I haven't been able to get back there and serve, unfortunately, when I was first put on the board. We were already in the middle of the pandemic, and so, uh, you know, all... Uh, as few hands as possible were, of sure, course, in sure. uh, trying to get those meals out there. But I'm really hoping that as we, you know, uh, transition back into hopefully normalcy, we'll be able to, you know, get right back on. Well, not to say that anything we've done is stopped, of <laughs> right, course. We've sure. still been barreling straight forward ahead. But right. We'd love to see some new, fresh faces. What uh, Were there any things during the pandemic that you learned that are, are continuing to be tools that are helpful? You know, whether it's, uh, you know, the way in which you uh, reach out to folks to make sure that they know that you are there, that you're there to support them or to connect with donors or this, the way in which you distribute the, the food and support. Well, I've got to say, Aegis Harvest has been a fixture in the community for over 20 years. And so we we're i would say well established but sure. at the same time a lot of people are unaware especially we had before the pandemic hit generally dinners like very not late at night but in the late evening and so now we have we serve our uh our uh lunches from 12 to 2 and so it was really difficult i think to make sure that that word got out of like we're shifting our our meal times right uh, but, you know, luckily we have some wonderful partners, some other nonprofits in the area, as well as our uh, partners in governance that were able to reach out to their uh, power bases and let them know, hey, uh, the uh, our kitchen is open from 12 to 2. Our uh, food pantry is open Wednesdays from 3 to 5. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm here also repeating that. So well, That's good. There's people who are like, when did he say it was? Absolutely. Yes, just to repeat myself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's okay. Noon to two uh, every day. And then the food pantry is open on Wednesdays from uh, three to five. What are some of the items that are most uh, in demand? What are the things that, that you're often finding people are looking for and need more of, whether it's uh, canned, certain kinds of canned foods or rice or beans or pastas or sauces? Well, uh my understanding is that the, uh, in terms of the food pantry, we have uh, prepackaged boxes. Okay. In fact, we received a few uh, during the pandemic, uh, and so my uh, we you know just some uh, canned soup. Some we do have uh, fresh vegetables available. We do a lot of uh, we have a lot of urban agriculture programs that we're really working on. We partner with uh, Gale Elementary in their greenhouse in their uh, middle school building. And, uh, yeah, we, of course, everything we want to put out is nutritious and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, pa- uh, boxed and non-perishable items are very much in demand. In terms of, there's also a lot of external, you know, of, as we get into the 
colder season, people are worried about staying warm, and so there are a lot of uh, people asking for you know coats and uh, sure. other you know hand-me-downs uh, or you know gently used items such as that. And so, you know, we of course we focus on the food. And so we are, you know, happy to redirect, but I think it just shows how, you know, how this pandemic has really affected us all, especially our pockets. Yeah, no doubt about it. Folks are are trying to find ways to, uh, again, be nimble when it comes to addressing issues that uh, make folks vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the other, so we've got, uh, so they go to your website. Tell us the website again. It's hsharvest.org, all one word, A-J-U-S-T-H-A-R-V-E-S-T. Um, and if you want to go ahead and click that backslash donate, uh-huh. feel free. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. And so f- I really do encourage one of the great, the things that's important about uh, doing a monthly donation for folks who maybe were wondering, you know, uh, what difference does it make if I give you one bulk? But it lets you know what your finances will look like down the road. So if you have like 100 donors that are setting up $15 a month, it helps you guys sort of adjust for what things are going to look like down the road, doesn't it? Exactly. It gives us a much better, uh, you know, financial understanding of where we stand. I mean, my uh, position on uh, Ages Harvest's board is uh, as a, you know, as a trustee in the organization. So I go over those finances as well as I can, and I'm just one vote. But uh, at the same time, you know, we look over our, yeah. And so <laughs> sure. the uh, most important thing is even if you can to donate, you know, monthly, if you can't necessarily say, okay, $10 a month, if you can donate $10, uh, feel free. And if you can't keep it going on every month, maybe every two, every three, if you would like to, you know, have a birthday, mm-hmm. a fundraiser in support of us, one of those like Facebook fundraisers. Oh, things, yeah. We're absolutely available. Um, just reach out and we'll see how we can meet you halfway. And there have to be good uh, opportunities for companies to get their employees involved, right? Mm-hmm. Find out if you're, do you guys do like work with companies and they do a donor matching for their employees sometimes? I believe so. Yeah. I think a lot of the time we also have sponsorship on some of the events we put on our annual oh, great. events. And so, yes. So folks can sponsor, have you know, be able to be involved that way mm-hmm. and both let folks know what you're doing in the community. Um, so you said that Aegis, uh, it's Aegis Harvest. Aegis Harvest. Aegis Harvest. And uh, you said it's been around for 20 years. Yes. And uh, so what kind of work, uh, you said your mom was also in grassroots. What kind of work does she do? Um, so she's a community organizer uh, with uh, One North Side. So they do a lot of um, just work based on equity on the north side of Chicago. And so their paths that Aegis Harvest have crossed, you know, they're... Uh, sure. The... Goals have stayed the same. You know, Aegis Harvest wants to promote and create a more just society. And so, especially in Rogers Park, we uh, have worked on, we've recently received funding for an, um, a screen printing program. We hope to start an apprenticeship program so that we can uh, bring, so screen printing is you know, the creation of t-shirts and everything. We're hoping that we can get some people more, you know, engaged and able to, you know, gain those skills that will help them out, you know, of course, outside of that program, being able to sustain uh, both that business, gain those business skills, Mm -hmm. and also create a product that's worth selling. Um, At the same time, you know, I've mentioned our urban agriculture program, which is a little bit, uh, we put that off to the side during the winter, obviously, but we have a few plots of land and we uh, engage with those elementary school students I mentioned before. And we use that food a lot and when we, um, both in the food pantry and in the uh, meals we serve. Outstanding. Great work, and I'm sure that your mom is proud. Do you have siblings? I uh, 
have siblings. Have, so do I. Really? How it's, many? I have uh, all together. There are there's six. I'm the seventh. So, but it was three. I have sixteen. There you go. It was three and three. And I, yeah, I was the. I'm the only one that's uh, that's with my parents. Yes. Yes, I was the third of seven. So. The third of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you, so do you have like those weird holiday celebrations where you have to go to different houses and, and by the time you get to your place, you're like, can't we just have our own? Well, they're all a couple states away, but I make sure, I visit pretty regularly. Sure. So not super holiday specific. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's always hard to explain. If you, I, I, I could tell it was going to be complicated. You're like, it's complicated. Yeah. No. Are you an only child? Um, on my mom's side. Right. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is, my siblings are between 12 and 21 years older than me. So mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with anybody. Did you grow up with any of your siblings? No. No. Um, See. Yeah. So we are only kids. It's hard, but <laughs> we're only kids with siblings. Exactly. Yes. I um, I always used to say I have six half siblings, which means I have three whole siblings. Um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have a sister who will say she, she, she's uh, Irish and German and I'm Irish and Mexican. And so I look very different than she does. And when we, she introduces me to people, she'd be like, this is my, we're, and then she'll go, what are we again? Are we step siblings? Are we? And I'm like, look, Bonnie, if we're out shopping together, we're just sisters. You we're know, family, that's all that matters. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but if you need a liver transplant, we're uh, step siblings. <laughs> teasing. I love you, Bonnie. Uh, this is your first time to taste here in Rogers Park. It is. Well, I'm uh, I'm 19, so I don't have much excuse to be here. That's fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But there's a lot of great restaurants. You have a favorite restaurant in the area? Oh, and oh, it's so hard to choose. My favorite pizza place, uh-huh. uh, JB Alberto's, okay, just on uh, just off of Morris, the Morris uh, train station. Um, oh, but every honestly, you can pick any restaurant in this neighborhood, and you'll be completely fine. Excellent. I, um, yeah. Well, I, I've loved talking to you and uh, learning about Ages Harvest, and uh, I congratulate you on all the hard work, and, uh, and, I, and I wish you the best of luck going forward. And, and again, uh, we love what you are, what you stand for, what you do for the people in this community, and I look forward to talking to you again if you would join us. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. And give the website one more time, because repetitive, repetitive is good. Yes, agesharvest.org. Excellent. Have a great holiday and my best to your mom and your family. You too. Thank you so much. Of course. More after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. It's the Heartland Signal. We're here with our, we're at Taste. Come see us at Taste on Jarvis and Greenwood. Bye. Back after this. (laughs) This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are live from Taste on Jarvis near Greenwood. Yes, come on by and say hi. Come and taste some beer from Minocqua Brewing. In just a few minutes, we are gonna we're gonna be meeting uh, Cam Buckner. He was at the mayoral forum last night at Copernicus Center, and a lot of folks were talking about how much they enjoyed his answers to questions. Uh, I was sitting. Jerry and I were all the way in the back. We got there very late, obviously, because my show ends at seven and they started at six. So we caught about, about what thirty minutes of the uh, of the, the forum, and uh, it was weird because Jerry and I were sitting in front of a couple of uh, couple of our neighbors, a couple of Northwest Siders who uh, really, come, jump on here real quick Jerry, we got a couple minutes uh, uh, the guys behind us who were loving everything that Willie Wilson yes. said oh my god, when he said, it was something about uh, was it privatizing schools or something, and he said yes, he would vote yes and no yeah, he was, it was more all, than wishy-washy it was so <laughs> it was, funny, I was just like oh yeah. my god, every question he answered, it was there was like a laugh track with it from the audience, well especially the guys but they loved it, yeah, I mean that's right. the thing is that like it, it, uh, look, I, I it's anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny because the, the one question posed uh, was uh, 
<laughs> what was the last time you rode the bus? Or, and, yeah. and they went down the line. And they, when yeah. it came to Willie, everybody knew it was going to be. A, it was going to be funny, whatever it was. He cause. said it was to uh, to see how they were going to add police to the train lines. Was mm-hmm. what he said. Oh yeah, right. I do remember. Yes. I actually, just, I do remember seeing him. I saw that photo or Facebook, whatever it was. Yeah. But that was the time he did it. But at least he was on it. Yeah. But everybody was like, next the, 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 a day ago or last week, yep. three weeks ago, he was like. June 4th. That was right, right, right. Well, I think our, our guest coming in just a moment, uh, Cam Buckner, uh, takes the... Uh, That's Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. yeah he was yeah. Like, Well, they asked him what kind of car he drives, yep. and he said he doesn't nope. have a car. Exactly. And then he got weird with the uh, the Jeep Wrangler, because one said I have a Jeep Wrangler, and I know that Sophie yes. is going to give electric. me... Electric. It's yeah. electric Jeep yeah. Wrangler. And then I don't know that other guy... Who yeah. said that uh, that he drives an American? Yes, that and, was it. And we were like, well, okay. "So, so it's a Jeep Wrangler." How much, right? How much more vague could you be? American <laughs> what? It was that was the that was the lightning round. We were not there for the uh, the heavier questions right, no. throughout the evening. Although they did, I think that they all said that they would fire the superintendent of the police department. The, yes. the police chief. Oh yes. yes, that was a definite. That was a, everyone said Everybody goodbye had to him. A little snide remark on that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, so. that was interesting. Just quicker the sooner the better. Yeah, <laughs> let the door hit you in the butt. Exactly. Yeah, I, I <laughs> believe one of, that of that them actually. He said that. There was yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, who did, did you have? Did anyone jump out? I mean, before Cam, I, I before Cam gets in here, Cam was impressive. But again, well, we just. Is that him? Not that he's. No, 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 it's not, no <laughs> This young lady here has got a bunch of folks coming in. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, but uh, Cam was impressive. I thought he was. I thought so too. He, he, and think about him, too. He was. He was he was the first one out on many of those questions that we saw. So you got to be quick, and he was quick and sharp. Yes. So it wasn't like if you go down the line, you got some time. Is you know you got think some about time it, to yeah. exactly. He was the first one, and he was. Good, you yeah. know, and he knew what he wanted to say, and he, he had an answer that was not just you know uh, entertaining, but yes. it, was, it made sense. It was like, exactly. Oh, well done. So he was, he was well spoken. Yeah. On, a, on, a sh- on short terms, uh, there. right? Because he was right yeah. next to the moderator. Yes, they kind of unfairly went to him yes, and so every time. Willie was at the end, and they broke it up a little bit. But Willie got the luxury of okay, I got, I got, yeah, I got eight minutes to kind of figure or exactly. eight, eight, eight answers to get to before I get to me or seven, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, thanks for tagging along to that event. Of course, we oh, went to the uh, the fundraiser for Susanna, who's running for Susanna yes, Ernst is running for the forty fifth Ward Alder we Alder, there Alder Woman. Uh, Rex Tavern. Yeah. Our, our joint, yeah, our joint. It was a lot of fun. We raised some money it, it, for her. It got busy. Yeah, she had it a did. lot of people. It, yeah. it's almost like half the people from the other place. Yeah, came from, over. The, from the mayoral camp. Yeah, from the, the mayoral so, forum. No, it was very, a, it was a lot it was of fun. fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good well, night. And thank you for helping set this up with taste. By oh, the yeah, way, for no not brewing. Our, is, yeah, our, it's good. It, it's just we're so excited. Uh, like I said, um, Renee and Sandra are in England. The oh, owners. right, the owners? Yes. yes. So they, I was like, can we do a remote online <laughs> call in? I don't think, I think they're sleeping right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I, I believe, one, I don't know if one or both are from, are, obviously our public house is, public house is what you call. Right. You know, so there's there's that. So, uh, sure. Uh, in fact, well, we should get uh, uh, Brandon, right? Get him on. We should have him talk right now. Uh, tell us more oh, about, yeah. yeah I would, let me, let me uh, take a break here for yeah, traffic break. A, we're and, waiting on uh, And we'll, uh, we will check in Let's with uh, Brandon and Representative Cam Buckner just a little bit. We'll check yeah. in with Brandon. Yeah, and uh, tell us about some events I got coming up around. Exactly. We got, you know, it not only is a taste, but it's also our public house and Jarvis Square Tavern. All in a row here that uh, are big supporters of Monaco and right. Patty and uh, <laughs> and, de- and democracy. <laughs> <laughs> we like to- little things yay, like that. <laughs> yay, democracy! We'll take a break here. We'll come back with our guests uh, in just a little bit. Thank you for ta- tuning in. Sponsored by Monaco Brewing and of course Kids Above All and our friend Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service over by there on Broadway near Irving. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty. We are driving it home till seven from Taste in Rogers Park. 
Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter. Through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Thank you all so much for joining us. We are actually live from Taste at, it's 1506 Jarvis. Is that correct? Yep. That's Brandon joining us. He's the manager here at Taste. And uh, it's Taste Food and Wine. We're all good. I think we're, we don't need that one. It was only for the Facebook Live. We thought we were going to do Facebook Live. But uh, as I told you earlier, my husband took my power strip. This all Taste Food and Wine. So we are a queer, trans-owned wine and beer shop up in Jarvis. It's, we, mm, so I'm the buyer and we don't get stuff that you can get in Benny's or a big box store. We'd like to focus on LGBT owned, POC owned, small family stuff Mm -hmm. um, so that you get a really good feel of what other places have to offer offer as opposed to what you can get at a jewel. Right. Does that make sense? It does absolutely make sense. Because you like things that are made like in big batches and big big companies. Right. Uh, first of all, it, the, it's like almost they have to add additives and chemicals in order to maintain Correct. the same taste. Yeah. And the other thing is by supporting people of color and women driven industries and LGBTQ communities at a time when we are kind of being marginalized and demonized, right. it uplifts a whole population. Yep, I love yep, this. Yep. I love everything about and it. And so when you look at a lot of wine producers, it's a lot of white, straight-owned conglomerates. And we're like, well, let's not focus on that. Like, let's focus on smaller producers, um, family-owned, women-run, POC-owned. Like, let's just, like, focus on uplifting, like, those brands and those lines here in Rogers Park. And how many, I mean, is there also kind of a focus on trying to find as local as possible? I mean, there's a limited, obviously we have some great Chicago-based, Chicagoland-based companies. It differs in terms of beer. So I'm from Seattle, and we have a huge area of beer coming from out of the Northwest because we all get, they all get, I live here now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We understand. Part of your heart will always be in Seattle. Still home. But Washington is one of the biggest um, growers of hops. Mm -hmm. 
And so all of the spots in Washington get first pick of the best hops. Right. However, Michigan, which is on the same latitude as Washington, Uh. like they still grow a lot of hops. And there's really good stuff. Coming from back in the Northwest, it's moving here. It's like, uh, I feel like your beer is a little malty or a little bit too sweet for me. Like, I don't have a sweet tooth. So, but when it comes to beer, there's really good stuff to be had in this area. Yeah. Now, wine is a totally different situation, right? So, I have a degree in wine sales and marketing, and I um, went to school and studying Italy for specifically focusing on vineyard management and sustainability. So, we want to make sure that your vineyard is functioning mm-hmm correctly and your bees are happy and you're doing all the things to make an enclosed ecosystem because you want everything to function, right? So when I was in Italy, um, it was a totally mind-blowing experience because at the end of the rose, there are roses planted because roses bloom before the grapes bloom. Really? And so if the roses don't bloom in that row, you know that there's a problem with the soil. How crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely bananas. Like, what? what uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you have your own alarm system. Yeah. That's neat. very, very much so. Very much so. I love that. What kind of events do you guys have coming up? Because we have this great taste event tonight, which folks will be here. How long are we doing the tasting? Uh, so, till 730. Till 730. So we are at. But things will be open. Yes. And if you come in later, I'll we'll still, still have here. stuff open. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, uh, when, if, uh, a couple things. Do you have some events coming up during this holiday season? Yeah. So we do tastings on Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, 530 to 7.30 um, and tonight we're donating all of the tasting fees to Planned Parenthood um, but previously I know you were talking with someone about a just harvest Yes. so earlier in the summer we donated like two months of tasting fees to a just harvest uh, previously we did Mujeres in Acción? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, well, I, I think like, I know this one. Uh, 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 In yeah, I don't yes, remember yes. how it goes. Um, and so it was a really awesome thing to be able to give back to a community that also supports us. And because we're like LGBT POC owned and operated, like we just want to make sure everybody has access to really good wine. Sure. And it doesn't have to be pretentious and it doesn't have to be like just come in yes just come in um so we've got a big bubbles tasting coming up on the 23rd nice um so i'm gonna be pouring and we'll have a 
bunch of sparkling wine just to get you up and going for the holiday season. Oh, wonderful. That's, what, do you have any favorites here before I, before I let you go and uh, throw you back to the customers? <laughs> what, uh, what are some of your favorites here? Uh, I'm a kid from the Northwest, so um, there's a really, really beautiful dry Gewurztraminer from... Oregon, which is... Oh, we're getting, we're getting a bottle right there. Forest. Oh, Forest. That looks beautiful. Oh, it's a, it looks like a German restaurant. A German restaurant. German beer. Well, a so the grape, gr- the grape is German. Um, it's called Gewürztraminer. But Say it's that three dr- times fast. Gewürztraminer, Gewürztraminer, Gewürztraminer. Thank you. That's a long word. <laughs> um, it's really good with anything roasted chicken or turkey wise like really really good food friendly sure. thing um i've got some really beautiful malbecs i've got some really awesome beaujolais blanc which is a chardonnay rare to see but it's all done in concrete what so no oak wow no oak okay um doesn't go through malolactic fermentation which is where you get that like buttery rich okay texture so right. it's more fruit than not i know what I'm does that home. make I sense I'm home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> i think i know what i'm taking home tonight that's exciting um yeah so i've got some i'm trying to bring in more washington oregon stuff because I'm a little biased, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. We've got some really, really good holiday things to... It's an incredible place. ...pair with everything. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about, telling me about what you have going on here in the tastings again, Tuesdays and... Tuesdays and Fridays from 5.30 to 7.30. Okay. Five bucks, and then you get 10% off everything we're featuring that night. Excellent. Well, come on over tonight, folks, for a tasting for Manaqua Brewery. And now you know our colorful and uh, very charismatic. Yeah, and we uh, love Manaqua. They're yeah, so great. Yeah. They're so great. We're huge fans. We're huge, huge fans. <laughs> well, thank you, Brandon. And I look forward to, to maybe broadcasting from here again because I Absolutely. like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we figure out the, the chord system. Thanks, yeah. Hon. Yeah. Thanks, hon. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. We're, not a problem. Not a problem. I'm going to take a, take a drink of something maybe after the show. But 773-763-9278. We're take a break come back with with mayoral candidate representative cam buckner is joining us in just a moment on driving at home with me patty vasquez from taste at 1506 jarvis right now thank you chicago's progressive talk wcpt 820 where facts matter joined by Representative Cam Buckner, who is running for mayor. Yay! Yes, applause for Cam Buckner. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure thank to meet you. you in person. Thanks, Patty. Uh, absolutely. And I will tell you, I've been watching the the responses uh, to all the candidates online, and one of the things that's jumping forward for me is your dedication to a mass transit and making sure pedestrians are safe, whether it's cyclists or people walking yeah. crossing the street. And that really, I think, jumped out for folks last night at the mayoral forum, 
when they asked, uh, what kind of car do you drive? Yeah. And, uh, and so you don't drive. Yeah. You take public transportation or other forms of transportation. Yep. Tell us a little bit first uh, how you thought last night went uh, and, and you know, what it was like to be on stage with all the candidates. Yeah, you know, it, most it was of the most of the candidates. Yeah. It was, our, I think, our, our first um, panel or, or forum with most of the candidates there, right? And um, it was very clear there's some very wide-ranging beliefs some very wide-ranging ideologies uh, on that stage. We also saw the same thing in the in the crowd, right? We saw some folks who were, um, you know, standing up and clapping for uh, conversations about homeless people having too much. Did you, did you, I'm not sure if you heard that part. Um, then there are other folks who uh, seem to be uh, more logical in, in some of their responses, right? And so um, it was interesting to be there. Uh, it was uh, it was fun to. I have some of the levity that was there at the end, but at the end of the day, you know, this is a very serious election, and I hope folks walked away with that. Um, when we look at where this city is and we look at, you know, the inflection point that I think we find ourselves at, uh, we need real answers, we need real plans, we need a real vision to move Chicago forward, and I think that that came out in some of the, the questions and, and the answers yesterday. And, I, and again, I think that you have been very vocal, uh, and, and you had gotten to this race very early, too, and I, and I know that uh, that Ben kind of joked about why uh, Lori and Chewy might not have been there last night, the mayor and the, con- and the congressman, but, uh, you know, I think that it also gave everyone an opportunity to say, here, here, here's who I am, here's what I stand for. And you you are a representative. How long have you served as a representative? Since 2019. Since 2019. Yep. And that, you know, there's a lot of work, and you know how to negotiate with folks because it's the levers of government that you have to, you're not going to get everything you want all at once. Right. But you have to have that sense of urgency, don't yeah. you? And that's what you're talking about, the inflection moment, aren't you? Uh, absolutely. And uh, you, you mentioned us, me being in this race earlier. Uh, we've been doing this for about eight months now. Yeah. Uh, and, and people have asked me, why did you go in so early? Why did you, do you put yourself out there so early and i think the answer is that for pe- people of chicago need to know that their mayor wants to be their mayor right um i don't think you got to twist people's arms and pontificate and and leverage about whether or not you want to be mayor of chicago if you want if you want to do it you should know it right and so you should come out and, and stop playing with people and let them know up front uh, but but what, <laughs> yes. is, what is also true um is that uh it, it, it seemed as if there, there, the reason that there's so many different people on that stage from so many different backgrounds is that people feel like there's a real lack of leadership right now. Right? There's a vacuum. People are clamoring to see what they can do to be helpful. Um, as a legislator, uh, part of my job has always been to work with people across the aisle, across the state, in different regions um, who, uh, who may not agree with what I, what, what I agree with. Um, and who may have different ideologies, but it's finding a way to get to get things done. But what I always say is finding a way to get yes, get to yes instead of getting stuck at no. Yeah, that's and that's really the the, the issue is that you, you 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 would have fifty. You would have 50 alder people, right, with different uh, opinions. And right now we see the, the sort of push and pull of where people are coming from. I live in the far, on the far northwest side where you were at the forum last night, yep. where we have three aldermen who, uh, you know, are first responders. And they, res- they, re- they represent a lot of first responders. We have folks that, that, live in, that represent areas where the treatment of, of those who have no homes are treated like... Like they're just an inconvenience rather than human beings. Yeah. And that's a big issue, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a huge issue. Uh, and as we enter into this next phase of Chicago politics, uh, not only do you have 50 aldermen, you're going to have 66 members of this police commission. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have 21 members of the elected school board. Uh, and so being able to have a executive on the fifth floor of City Hall who knows how to get along with people uh, and who knows how to fight uh, when, there's, when it's time to fight, but also 
um, to you know not make things personal. It's going to be important, but th- these conversations are going to be huge. We've seen a lot of shift in the city council just in the last uh, four years, and we'll see a lot more this year. Um, and so that's going to be a, a, a that's going to be a big piece of the puzzle on how the city moves forward. Well, and when you when you say that there's a lot of uh, you know th- there's going to be this big board for the police, there's uh, all these personalities. You right now work with people from both sides of the aisle, which yeah. can be contentious, right. also from different parts of the state. So yeah. you have experience with like how do we get to the, a point where it helps everyone? Yeah, right. Uh, listen, there there are 118 members of the of the Illinois House of Representatives. Um, there are 78 members now of the Dem- Democratic uh, Caucus. Uh, I chaired the Black Caucus. Uh, for the last two years, and we had 22 members from all across the state, from as far north as Waukegan, as far as south as East St. Louis, uh, and, and uh, Champaign and Peoria. And, you know, when we talk about building coalitions, um, often people think that this that it has to be a consensus. Consensus is not necessarily what you're always going to get to, but what you need to find a way to get to is compromise um, without compromising your values. The people of Chicago expect all of those 50 aldermen, older people, uh, and their mayor to work together for the betterment of them. Because uh, at the end of the day, when you have a situation like we're currently facing, where you know we have issues with public safety, we have issues with education, we have issues with our business community, um, we have issues with our transit and our environmental uh, situation, everybody's going to be a fault. And so what I always like to tell people is that um, while yesterday may not have been our fault, tomorrow will be. And so we've got to go into this with that type of mindset. You mentioned uh, CPS, uh, you know, our, our education, and I'm a product of uh, public schools, uh, including Lane Tech, my kids, uh, both in public schools. And I'm seeing now the elected school board is going to go through, is, it has already been passed, that's going to come to life in 2024. And I, did I read a story now where the mayor has said that she's going to withhold the city funding? Because if they're not, you know, it's kind of like we're done and dusted. If we're not having any influence, then yeah. we're... Is that something that she's allowed to do? The, is that- the mayor has made a lot of threats about what she's going to do um, to push back on the elected school board. Uh, she has talked about uh, not being cooperative uh, with the with the state legislature as we you know try to shore some things up. Uh, she's talked about quote unquote financial entanglements that's going to force her to step away from the table. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're talking about our young people, right? Yeah. Um, just like you, I'm, I'm a CPS kid, right? I'm a, I'm a third-generation CPS graduate. Uh, my, my grandfather went to Inglewood High School. My father went to Parker High School, which is now Robeson. Um, and I went to Morgan Park High School, as did all of my sisters, all, all four of them. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the day that I can send my, my son. He's one year, year old. We're not there yet. Aww. But I'm looking forward to the day that I can send <gasps> him to school. Your first Christmas? Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Well, How exciting. we had Christmas last year. He was three weeks old. Oh, three so weeks. So this is the one that counts. With so the he, lights and everything. He, he's yeah. moving around count, and yes. he's trying to pull the tree down and all that good stuff. So this, this, is, the, oh, <laughs> this is the one we'll remember. Oh, it's dazzling. Um, the magic really, really begins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exciting no for doubt, you all. No doubt. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, listen, the, the, if we can't write our education system, if we can't put our young people on track, uh, we are in some real deep trouble because the truth of the matter is that they're not just competing um, against kids from Naperville or, or Nequa Valley. They're not just competing uh, against kids from Wisconsin or Iowa. They are competing uh, in a global economy uh, with kids from across the, the, the world. Uh, and we have to make sure that we put them in the most advantage, advantageous position possible um, to be successful. We're not doing it right now. 
you know, I also think that having been a product of going to a mat, what's a magnet school, or you know, they have my son went through the options program and things like that, and I always wonder because it is such an imbalance when it comes to diversity for kids from neighborhoods that don't have that, the kind of opportunities that Griffin had, you know, all the way from kindergarten being in a program because I had the time, the resources to go. What's it going to take for him to get into Coonley? What's it going to take? You know, all those things, and I just I come from you know a background of having support. I come from a neighborhood yep. that has a lot of, we have access to a lot of different resources yep. that aren't the same in Englewood or Pilsen. And they, those kids don't go to those schools at the same rate as kids from our neighborhood. Yep. Why can't, you know, what kind of resources and focus can we put on those communities so they have a Coonley or they have a Lane Tech or they have a, you know, we have yep. Whitney Young, but it's still not in those communities. That's right. We've got to even the playing field. Yeah. We, we've got to make sure that the young people in every single zip code in this city have access to a quality education. Um, we've got to put more money into CBS, CPS to make sure that CPS is then putting that money uh, in the schools that need it the most. I've talked about this a lot uh, in my education plan. Um, the, the, my, my mother spent 33 years as a, as a CPS teacher, and I, and I speak about that on the campaign trail a lot because it's an um, integral part about, of, of why I am who I am. Uh, but she spent 25 of those years, uh, 27 of those years at Louisa May Alcott on, in Lincoln Park, which was, was one of the best resource uh, schools yeah. in CPS. Um, and then decided uh, voluntarily to, to take some time in her last, the last leg of her career to go to Scott Joplin in Auburn Gresham, a school that could not be further away um, uh, from Alcott when it comes to resources. Uh, and it was because she wanted to remind herself why she does this work, right? Uh, and she loved the kids at Alcott, of course, and that, that's still her, her home, right? Um, she's retired now, but she considers that home. Uh, but going to a, a school where there was literally a, a active gang war going on for the, all of the years that she lived there. Um, I don't know if you remember the story of the young man named Tyshawn Lee who was shot the in the alley boy with the basketball. on 83rd Street. It was one of her students, Aww. right? Um, and so... This tale of two cities things, we, we, we can be two cities no more. Uh, we can, cannot continue to have uh, neighborhoods that have, neighborhoods that don't. We have the ability to do this. Chicago has the third highest GDP in this country. And just to put that into context for people, um, we have a higher GDP than all but 21 countries wow. on this earth. That's a big deal. We've got, we've got the resources. We've got to figure out a way to get this done. That's what I always say. There's mu- Well, let's take a break here. We're talking. Can you say it? I can. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. We're talking yeah. to Representative Cam Buckner, who is running to be the mayor of Chicago. We are at Taste uh, in uh, Rogers Park right over here at 1506 West Jarvis. You can stop by. There are folks coming in to try out some Anaqua brews. And uh, we'll continue our conversation when we come back in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The folks refusing to wear masks. Says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses. Says, she's driving it home. <laughs> That's uh, Representative Cam Buckner hearing my theme song. I love it. Thank you. We are live from Taste in Rogers Park. We're at 1506 uh, Jarvis. Uh, it's right by Greenwood. And uh, by the way, the uh, representative just joined us from his dental appointment. Everything okay? Everything's good. Just needed a cleaning. It's, uh, hey, yeah. good. I probably yeah. should get on, on that. Because people, you know what? That's something that... Um, People don't take into consideration is how much their dental health affects their whole health. That's right. I know a few years ago, uh, for some of the healthcare in Illinois, have they reinstated dental 
as part of like all kids and uh, our Medicare. Yeah. Yes, they- absolutely. Um, pe- people, uh, as you said, are realizing how important uh, dental health is to your overall overall uh, well-being. And so um, there were some tweaks that had to happen in Springfield to get folks in line to see that, but we're in the right direction now. Well, and, and that's that's what it comes down to is doing the right thing for people. And yep. there's so many different layers to that. You know, we talked a little bit about how as a representative, and you've been serving in the House since 2019 yep. for the 36th, 26th, 26th district. Um, you know, you have a community that is, how many communities does that embrace? So, uh, 10 different automatic wards. Oh, my God. Uh, and I go from, I start with South Chicago. Uh, yeah, 10. South Chicago, South Shore, uh, Greater Grand Crossing, Woodlawn, Hyde Park, Kenwood, mm-hmm. Bron- Washington Park, Bronzeville, the South Loop, Downtown, River North, Streeterville, and the Gold Coast. That is a, that's a wide range it of is. communities. And, you know, one of the things that I've talked a lot about on this show, I went to a school in, on the northwest side called Onahan, and they, they started, they, it was desegregation in the 1970s. So in 1976, they were bringing kids in from other neighborhoods to a community that didn't want kids from another neighborhood and brought kids out of their own, near, you know, from being close to their homes, sent to a neighborhood that basically, like, you can't live here. Yeah, it's clean. Yeah, it's safe. And you're going to have to go home at the end of the night, and it's going to take an hour, hour and a half in each direction. Yeah. And I, I've theorized for years that this is part of why a lot of people have fled communities on the south and west sides of the city, was that we basically said, you're not worth investing. Yeah. And that includes public transportation. It's education and public, public transportation. What are, what are your goals for public transportation in the communities that you serve now and would as mayor? Yeah, let me say this. Uh, mobility is one of the most important rights that a, a human being can have, right? And, and I think way too often when we talk about Chicago uh, and the way we live here, we, we operate off of a... Um, a standard of survivability. And as I tell folks, Chicagoans, we're tough. We're always going to survive. Uh, but how about livability, right? The, the yep. greatest cities on earth are livable, and they, they make it easier for the people who live there to get around and to move around. Uh, right now, that is not true. Uh, and we have, in a way, created de facto segregation in, in this town because people can't get places. For, for instance, I had this conversation with someone this morning. Uh, if I am a person... Uh, who lives on the far southeast side of Chicago, uh, and I want to be a nurse or a phlebotomist or a medical technician, um, and I and I am very attracted to the city colleges program uh, in that field, but it's at Malcolm X College on the west side, uh, and I can't really get there in any easy fashion from my home on 127th and Halsted. Uh That's problematic because we are. Uh, separating people from not just jobs, but from opportunities, right? People here want to work. They want to figure things out. They, they want to be able to, to go to school and play um, in places that make sense, but we've got to be able to get them there. And so I'm a bit of a transit geek, a bit of a transit nerd, uh, but when you look at, once again, the, the, the greatest cities in this in this country and, and the greatest cities on, on, on this earth that work for the people who live there, they're able to easily get around safe, affordable, reliable, accessible, mm-hmm. and equitable Public transit. What do you envision? What, what are some of the cities that uh, that draw your attention? Like you think of top uh, top of mind uh, as far as public tra- transportation as well as bikeability and pedestrian safety. Yeah, so people obviously on public transit they talk about New York a lot because it's a huge city with a um, a very elaborate system. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time looking at Boston. Boston's been doing some really great things lately. Um, Michelle Wu, who is Chicago-born mayor of Boston, uh, decided to use this pandemic. Uh, as a as a, sh- a pivot point 
to figure out how do we increase ridership, right? So she found the 10 most highest uh, used uh, uh, um, bus routes, and she made those free during yeah. the pandemic, right, to get people used to used again to, to riding uh, public transit. Uh, we've seen some great things on some of the West Coast cities. Um, and then when it comes to, to biking, and listen, I've been very, I'm also an avid biker, uh, and I've really uh, met and joined a, a great community of folks during this campaign that I didn't know existed. Uh, I thought I was kind of just on my own in this space, but uh, there's a, uh, a robust group of folks who um, are, are really doing the work. Uh, you know, I want to give a shout-out to Bike Grid now, the folks who want us to take 10% of the streets in Chicago and make a connected, protected bike lane. Yes. I'm with that. Let's, yeah, paint is it. not protection. That's right. Paint is not protection. It's not. I mean, yeah. it, it, I was driving down one of the side streets, and I saw, like, a bike painted on this. I'm like, oh, wait, how is that even a yeah. lane on a single street? It, yeah. it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And, 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 Patty, we, we can do this uh, with a very minimal amount of money and effort. Uh, it just has, we have to have uh, the want and the desire to, to do it. We've seen cities around the country and around the world do this. I spent some time uh, in Europe this summer with my family uh, and my, my wife was making fun of me because well, they're taking pictures of art. I was taking pictures of bike lanes. Um, uh, but it's a big deal, and we can we can we can do it. We can be the most livable city in America. We can be at least at least as good as Copenhagen. I, I mean, come on. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because I, I was in Mexico City, and they had great dedicated bike lanes. Yep. And for folks who don't know what a dedicated bike lane is, let them. I mean, it, it means either curbs or literal. I mean, its own lane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Protect pr- protect folks. And as you said, uh, pain is not protection. Pe- people uh, want to have options on how they get around uh, the city. And we've got to provide that to them, uh, both from a public transit standpoint uh, and from uh, a pedestrian and, and a bicycle-friendly standpoint. Did you see the uh, passage of the, uh, the, I think, in City Hall today that uh, cars that are parked in bike lanes? I mean, that's at least it's a start yep. because of the tragedy of this, uh, this young child that was killed while riding with her mom. She yep. was riding the back of the bike, I believe. Yep. In a carrier because a ComEd truck was was parked uh, in the bike lane, yeah. so the mom had to make a choice. And people are like, "Well, she should have stopped." And what? But here's the thing: is like if you're driving in a car, you swerve and go around uh, an obstacle, right? Yeah. And that's the same way cyclists should be able to operate as well. Yeah, I, um, I want to, you know, pause parenthetically to, to love on the, the family of Lily Grace yeah. was, was her name. Um, and uh, the weekend after that happened, uh, I joined a lot of people down in the 47 Ford at the corner where it, where it occurred, and it was definitely avoidable, right? Um, if we had a real protected bike lane, number one. Number two, if we make real decisions about whether or not these large trucks um, with nasty blind spots are allowed on our residential streets um, and, and all of the above, right? And so uh, in my mayoral uh, platform, I've talked about not just um, the... 10% of our streets for a protected, connected bike grid, but I've also talked about making sure that within the Chicago Department of Transportation, we have a um, bike lane integrity unit, right? Because um, a lot of this stuff is education. I, I, some of the folks I see parked in bike lanes, they don't know any better. Other people just don't care. Yep. But we got to make it very clear in Chicago that this will not fly. Um, and, and I think today in city council, this was a great step in the right direction. It, it really it needs to happen because uh, people just... And the other thing I would like some... I don't know who's... I don't know if it's at the state level or not, which is I think we need to have refreshers in what it means to be safe drivers. Uh, because, you know, things... First of all, things change. Second 
signaling people get a little too cavalier. Uh, we're in vehicles that are dangerous. Right. Yeah. So right. what what are some of the things? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, yeah. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. 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 What, what are some of the things that you also, in addition to uh, you know wanting to have pedestrian safety in uh, these protected bike lanes, that has a lot of impact on our environmental safety. Yeah. So what are what are some of the things you would also like to see as far as our recycling programs? Uh, some of the things we teach kids in school, that yep. kind of stuff. So I've called for. Uh, not just reopening and, and re-staffing um, the Chicago Department of Environment and Sustainability because uh, I don't think just putting a line item in a budget is enough. We've seen that before and we've seen it go away. Uh, but I think we've got a police, a fire commissioner, we've got a library commissioner. Uh, we should elevate the person who runs that department to the level of commissioner so it's institutionalized so that no matter who the mayor is, whether it's Cam Buckner or Mickey Mouse, um, that we this is going to be a part of the ethos of the city moving forward, uh, Department of the Environment that can work uh, across all city uh, departments and all the sister agencies uh, in the city, right, number one. I think, number two, we, we have a chance to lead the country in climate change. Um, we know what's happening to the coast. It's going to be increasingly harder to live in New York and L.A. and Miami and uh, Houston. And people are going to flock to Chicago because we are, we're geographically endowed and we're safer than most places uh, because of where we are. But are we ready to, one, talk about the green jobs of the future? Are we ready to talk about um, how we bring people in? Uh, as far as transportation is concerned, I'll talk a lot about the electrification of our bus fleet. We're doing that now, but we're doing it very slowly. Very slowly, This can't yes. be a drip-drip. And, and what we also need to do is um, avoid government redundancies. If CTA is going to go electric, PACE is going to le- going to go electric, let's do it at the same time so we use the same equipment so we don't have two different systems working two yeah. different ways, right? Um, so I think all of this is a, is a part of the conversation on how we move forward. And the last thing I'll say on the environmental piece is that... Um, we got to figure out our lead pipe situation. I know there's been a lot of conversations recently about the 400,000 lead pipes that exist in this city uh, and the fact that we are once again being very slow about how we deal with them. This is literally um, city government that has poisoned people. And I say it's the city government's fault because up until 1986, the city code required that lead pipes be used. Required. Wow. Right? Uh, and so to tell people, go away by yourself, you're, you're on your own, figure out how to pay for it. Is problematic. There is money there in Washington D.C. Uh, there is help here and well, help in Springfield. Uh, there has to be a robust connection between the city, the state, and the federal government to get this done. Uh, we've said that it's going to cost us twenty-seven thousand dollars per layer service line, but somehow Denver found a way to do it at five thousand dollars per line. Somehow Detroit found a way to do it at one thousand dollars per line. All right. And so when we talk about our, our water issues. Um, we could talk about Flint, we could talk about Jackson, but we have issues right here in our own backyard. We are poisoning our people. We need to figure that out. We are talking to Representative Cam Buckner, who is running for mayor of Chicago. Do you have time for more conversation? Yep. You can be honest if, with me. If we can do another session, that's good. One more segment, because yep. I want to talk about safety. I know that that's something that I, I want to figure out a way to have that conversation without it being like, you know, all the fear that people have Absolutely. about Chicago. We're talking to Representative Cam Buckner on driving it home from Taste on Jarvis near Greenwood in Rogers Park. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. 
Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. We are at Taste in Rogers Park with uh, with Representative Cam Buckner, who's running to be the mayor of Chicago. And, uh, and I have to ask you a question about when a video comes out, when we are able to use, whether it was LaCroix McDonald or uh, the shooting that just happened over the weekend or in, in so many instances where it becomes somehow available. Because um, this happened in my community on the northwest side, well, in Portage Park. Uh, and people are sharing it. And it's... It, it, I don't see the value to she's saying, here's, here's what happened in this community. What are your thoughts when you see videos like that or know that they're out there and being shared? Yeah, so a couple of things. I think uh, if the video involves an officer-involved shooting, if, it's, if it is a department-involved shooting, I think it cannot just become somehow available. I think that, that has to be a concerted effort and some very clear policies about how and when those are rolled out, right, for the public good. Uh, but I watched the video you're talking about, and it was disheartening. Um, it was scary, uh, and it it sits on your psyche for a long time. Uh, as a society, we've become real voyeuristic on things that are should just be really tough for anybody to watch. Um, you know, when I was having a conversation recently with somebody about the fact that when if, some, if, a, if a fight broke out in here right now, back in the days we would try to stop it or walk away. or you know, But now everybody pulls their phone out. Um, and I just don't know how we got here um, and how what the next step is. But we've, we've created this, this monster of a mentality for people. Uh, I think it's problematic for sure. And, uh, you know, I know that there is uh, there are efforts in Springfield to do something about gun legislation. And yeah. there is a, a lot of high hope that this time we'll be able to get a ban on military-style rifles. And in Chicago, a lot of the guns come from places like Indiana and Iowa where they have straw gun purchase. I know today the the, the purchaser of the gun that killed Officer Ella French was sentenced to two and a half years. What are some of the things that you would like to do in the city of Chicago as mayor in order to stave off the gun violence first? And we can talk about communities after that as well. Yeah, Uh, the, the gun violence issues are really tough when it comes to legislation. Uh, when you look at what possibilities are out there, there, there's a lot that I think that we can still get done. But the question is how much of an effect does it have, right? Um, I, I had the great fortune uh, last year of being the first legislator in, in the Midwest to successfully take on the gun lobby uh, and to ban uh, untraceable, uh, unserialized ghost guns uh, in this state, right? So we, we, we got that done. Um, but the truth of the matter is that we still are in a in a we're an island in a sea of uh, in a sea of states that don't necessarily think that gun legislation works, um, and so we've got to figure out what's next. Uh, I, I do believe that we will uh, we will pass an assault uh, weapons ban in Springfield this year. I think or next year, but I think early next year, um, and I'm excited about that. But what else can we do? That, that needs to be questioned. And and I'll say this, uh, and uh, I hope folks will go back and push on their our congressional delegation on this the federal government has not done enough um, when you look at countries that that uh, have smart sensible gun legislation uh, it's a national thing right it's not city by city or state by state because we're we're all interconnected um, 
And what I remind folks is that even with the most, when we see the most egregious crimes happening in this country, Congress has still refused to move. I remind folks that in 2011, uh, a sitting U.S. Congresswoman, who I became really good friends with, Gabby Giffords, uh, was almost assassinated, was almost killed in Tucson, uh, and Congress did not move. In 2017, Steve Scalise, another congressperson from the other side of the aisle, uh, was almost killed, shot. Um, and nothing happened. And, and once again, I've talked about knowing the names of places like Parkland and Sandy Hook um, and Columbine and the Post Nightclub and Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina. Um, and we've done nothing. And, and to underscore this, I always remind people that in the spring of 1981, three months apart, both the Pope, the Pope and the President of the United States were shot. Right? Wow. And we yeah. did nothing. So we got to have a real conversation about what we're willing to do. I hadn't even put that together. Yeah. yeah. When Reagan and, yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, John Paul II. Wow. Yeah. 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 There's never, it, it, it's, it never seemed, honestly, I think we all thought, well, surely now. Every single time it's happened, we thought, certainly now. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. that it would be different. And so I'll say this. I think this is worth saying, too. We, we are obviously poised now to do something in Illinois. Um, we had a hearing a few days ago, uh, and I sit on a, on a criminal uh, judiciary committee. And what I reminded folks is that, listen, um, I'm from a community where uh, mass shootings unfortunately happen way too often. Uh, you know, there were four or five mass shootings uh, in my immediate neighborhood uh, after the Highland Park mass shooting. Uh, and what people are going to try to do is pit communities against each other. Uh, and that's not um, what's going to happen, right? And I'm going to stand up to make sure that doesn't happen because... What I'm saying and what people in my community are saying is not that we don't want you to feel Highland Park's pain. We want you just to feel our pain, too. Uh, and we're going to do the right thing to make sure that we can move in lockstep to get things done so that uh, this, this state, if nothing else, can be a safe haven, a safe place, and a place where we are um, recognizing the humanity in all of us. And one of the, you were absolutely right. I, I often say that I feel like people in my community and, and communities that aren't as deeply affected by gun violence and gang violence uh, would just assume wall those communities off and forget about them. What are, I mean, that you know, my friend Todd Belcor, who just called while we were on the break, uh, we often talk about how you know it is about going into those communities and it, one, it's about showing love to yep. communities that are have been choked off economically. I mentioned earlier about desegregation and sending kids to other communities. Uh, we see the transportation. What are some of the things that you want to see that really uplifts those neighborhoods? Yeah, listen, I think we've got to start with, with education. Right? Well, well let, me, let me back up by saying, saying this. When we talk about uh, safety, right, public safety, I think we, we often oversimplify it. The conversation about law enforcement to me is about public security, right? And security is the apparatus that has to exist to deal with the untoward things that happen in our community, right? I think it's necessary. Um, but public safety to me is not CPD. Public safety is CPS. Uh, public safety is our housing department. Public safety is our, is, is our health department. Public safety is making sure that when people have mental health episodes that they can call the right people and get the right help. It's making sure that a mother doesn't have to shoplift from Walgreens uh, to steal pampers when she doesn't have a job, right? That's public safety. So um, we've got to be able to deal with crime as it happens and, and, and you know, arrest the right person for the right crime at the right time. But let's talk about prevention. Let's talk about pouring money and resources the right way into the things that make communities strong and make people resilient. 
I have enjoyed this conversation. I know you've given us more time than you might have thought. I just I really enjoy talking to you. Me we've too. been talking Thank to you. Representative Cam Buckner, who is running to be mayor. I'm going to end it on a light note because I know we've talked about a lot of really important issues. Uh, uh, you, did, you were not asked this question last night that I asked three years ago, uh, which was, uh, as mayor of Chicago, where would you stand on dibs? Yay or nay on dibs? So... So I've got. Here's the thing. So I, <laughs> it's okay. I, There's I, no wrong answers here. I, I understand uh, the sweat equity that people put in for dibs and listen. I, I think it's problematic. I think it's created um, some disorder and chaos in our streets. Uh, what I would be willing to do as mayor is to talk to uh, block clubs and SSAs uh, through the Streets and Sanitation Department to figure out uh, how we do a better job of clearing all our streets. So no one has to say, this is my parking spot and it's not yours, right? Um, so listen, there, there's a collaborative, creative way, I think, for us to get past the old Chicago tradition of dibs. And we can't just keep doing things the way we've done them because that's all we know how to do. I love it. And by the way, that goes with our friends at Better Street Chicago. I know that you went to their event at Emerald uh, the other day, yep. uh, plowing the sidewalks, too. Right. I'm, a big, I'm a big champion Com- of that, too. So I'm Please. Com- I'm, yes. com- I'm a complete complete fan of that. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it work in cities around not just the country. We've, we've seen it work in, in places just just west of Chicago. Um, uh, I think Franklin Park does it, right? And uh, we, we can do it. We can do Excellent. it. We can figure it out. Once, this is, a, once again, about livability. Let's make Chicago the most livable city in the country. Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Where should people go to find out more about your campaign and get involved if they want to? Yep. So the website is cam, K-A-M, for mayor, dot com. Uh, and we're on all things social media, Cam Buckner's Shy, C-H-I. Outstanding. Have a great evening, and thank you thank again. You so I appreciate, appreciate it. You, Best of luck. We're at Taste in Rogers Park, and we'll be right back after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Wow. We are live from Taste in Rogers Park, 1506 <laughs> West Jarvis. You can come by. There, we've got some wonderful yes. folks here trying some Anakwa brew. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, Kirk is in his. We can't break him away. He's no. in the middle. He's, he's too deep into it. Uh, yeah, I was, like, was going to ask him, but no, he's got a whole audience there. Yeah, if we didn't give him that first half hour, be, yeah. it was never going to happen. Well, I didn't know so. what to do because yeah. I didn't want to make Caleb wait. Uh, no, I know I exactly right. Yes, yeah, I, we could have shifted him, it all around. It's, yes. it's okay, but it's all right. We could, we'll get Kirk on. And how much fun to interview Cam Buckner. Wow. I, I've interviewed him on the air but by phone before right but uh what are a seriously nice dude it's it's a it's a it's an interesting race yeah um yeah. I, I the last race i had 11 candidates i think we're about the same number this mm-hmm. time and uh and what folks uh you know they have all these studies about how people decide to account on a candidate and things like that and there's all these poll numbers out but i would say do your research folks uh yes. listen to these conversations i know joan is going to feature every single candidate mm-hmm. i can't make that same promise <laughs> i don't know. i, I kind of like i just wake up one day and I go, Jerry knows this. He's like, who's yeah. on the show today? I'm like, I don't know. Right, right. I'm, uh, let me. Oh, then I get text like a half yeah. hour beforehand. I got like, whoops. Like, what am, who am I in the mood? I mean, really, that's how we, that's how we ended up talking to yeah. uh, uh, Senator Robert Peters mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Was I woke up, I was uh, scrolling before. I was outstanding. He was oh, great. Oh, incredible. And, and thank you to our friend Andy, uh, producer at WCPT, for he pulled some of that audio mm. and you now listen to oh, the I, promo. Oh, so I heard that. Yeah, I heard yeah. the promo. Yeah, that was excellent. Everyone's multitasking. Yeah, I tell you. Lady yeah, B's well, doing well, traffic. We're doing yes. uh, taste. Wait a minute. Because well, we're, yeah. we're all vested in this. You exactly. know, we got to keep that. Obviously, yeah. we just came out of the midterms, but we're on to the next. And yeah. got to keep the pedal to the metal and keep, keep on rocking and rolling here, folks. It's. Uh 
Can't give up. Well, and when some of the uh, the polling is showing, and one of the reasons I wanted to make sure we talked about, and I kept uh, the representative a little bit longer. I know he was. He was like, I saw him looking at his watch. I was like, Come on, give me one more second. Security. I don't know who that know. was. The young kid. Tall dude. Though. Yeah, he, he, he was yeah. on the phone like he had somewhere. Yeah, else he's to like be. texting me. Are you done now? Now are you done? But I really needed to make sure we talk about guns. And you just mentioned before when you sat down uh, yeah. before we went on the air is that this is the anniversary of uh, Sandy Hook. That yeah. these kids would have been 16 and 17 years old. They would have been preparing to uh, look at colleges. Uh, they would be taking tours. They would be getting ready for the holidays. Uh, you know, and it is uh, uh, it continues to be such a, a dark spot on our and not just not just uh, Sandy Hook because we will talk about Uvalde every year for the, yeah. all the time for right. the rest of our lives. We will talk about the Aurora about Columbine going all the way back to the 90s. Yeah. Uh, these mass shootings and as the representative mentioned in communities every single day in this city there are mass shootings. It's it's outrageous and it's it's just no end in sight and it's most of America wants to fix this. Yes, please. And, but and yet it's still you got the money, the big money, and the, the everybody's in on it, and and it's just not working, folks. I mean, look at the rest of the world. I mean, we're the only ones that. What is it? Tom Hartman always says, "Where like, there's 120 guns per person, or something like that." I forget, up to 100, 100 yes. people, whatever. It's outrageous the amount of guns there are. There you are got, more guns got, than people. Yep. Yeah, you got two hands and two arms. How many guns do you think you need? You know. Well, and the type of right, uh, uh, weapons that people want as well. The yeah. the military style. Right. This is where people get mad at us. All the gun experts. Mm-hmm. Experts yeah, right, right. Uh, get mad at us for uh, not knowing what type of weapon we're yeah. talking about. The ones that kill people yeah, right. in seconds and yes. rip them into shreds where you can't even identify a child yeah. on a morgue I, table. I'm sorry, that kind of gun. Yeah, I would like to. Right. And then, then on the on you know from guns of all range. Now uh, you see this murder suicides are just insane. Just way more now than ever after coming out of COVID. And there's so many everybody's the men, everybody's mental health is at, is stressed out here. You're yep. seeing that more and more. It's just uh, unbelievable. Where, and it's usually men who just have, to have it uh, have have a bad day, having a bad relationship, yep. figure they can't go on. And they take not only them out, the, they take out the, the the woman, they take out the kids, mm-hmm. and they take themselves out the cowardly way. It's just it's just gross. It's just, it's uh, uh, it's just unbelievable. But they have access to that to a gun, and uh, that's the path they take, and it just destroys physically and emotionally and everything else. Life lives like crazy. It's just terrible. It's really important that you brought that up because uh, you started talking. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because suicides by gun account for 53 percent over over half of all firearm deaths and half of all suicides. Uh, involve a firearm. So it, it, it goes back to the, what you were talking about, how many guns we have. It's the easy access yeah, to it. Right. And when you are going through a situation that feels like it's permanent, that's that's part of the issue. Yeah, it's dire. Some, yeah. yeah. For some of us who are aware of our mental health and vulnerability, mm-hmm. right, it is that, that you're not, you don't, aren't able to take that moment to let a moment pass. Mm-hmm. Like, even taking a breath changes your brain chemistry. Yeah. But when you feel like something is permanent and it isn't so intensely, like, you just, you want to end it. I mean, we, mm-hmm. today, we just found out about a high-profile performer, Twitch from Ellen's show. Oh, that's right. And everyone's talking about how he seems so happy. Oh, is that how? I didn't hear He the, was by suicide. I'm not uh, sure what type of, by, I don't yeah, know whether or not it was by firearm. He was the dance. Uh, the, he, 
he was yeah the dance off guy uh, and uh, and he wow. took his own life wow I and and uh, and and it is and, and everyone's talking about how he seemed he looked so happy yeah. and I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks because I am I've hit a wall and I and I mentioned this last week and I and Todd Belcor who just called and was very sweet because he saw the post now from hmm. a week oh, ago okay. and uh, and and I appreciate that because it has been a really trying year for me. Um, and I, I haven't had a, a year this hard in, in recent memory. I mean, I think that when Declan was born and we didn't know what was going to happen, and maybe when my dad was uh, very sick, mm-hmm. those have been the hardest parts of my life. Uh, this one is much harder because I, you know, my poor boy, yeah. who loved to walk and explore, but there have been moments where I, I haven't felt hopeless in a long time. Oh. And this is, like, this is the first time in a long time I can remember. And there's another layer now on the national level that is with us constantly. So you have your internal emotional stuff yep. that's going on in your private life and then over there's this umbrella of darkness from the right and everything else going on and and yeah. everybody who's screwing us in various aspects they're not it's not all the right it's, we got <laughs> we got a lot of cleaning up to do um and everybody's money it's it comes down to that money in politics but um it's just, it's, it's just way more on so many people. And then none of us have gone through COVID. None of us have shut the world down for two years. And the stress of that, the, the losses that you incurred, uh, uh, and uh, whether they you lost them all the way or they have the long COVID, which is it, which is a hardship in itself. And, right. and the, the senior children not have to go to not be able to go to school and, and go to proms and go to things like that that they are the normal. We've all grown up with the normal right. ways life goes. That just totally got shot up. You know, it's just done. So there's so many. I don't. I can't. Other than, you know, like World War Two. You know what I mean? That gener- those people who knew who didn't know what tomorrow was going to be like, whether Nazis are going to be at our doorstep or whatever. You know, we haven't had none. Nobody in our that we hang out our with lifetimes. have have had to experience this kind of weight. You right. know. Uh, You're you make such so many great points because you know, and and then there's also long COVID. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what the re- yeah. repercussions are of that. And what, yeah, what exactly is long COVID? And what, to what degree? And how? And what, what aspects are there? It's just. Uh, it's the unknown, and, and then you still got people. Then you got this idiot in Florida who wants to uh, look at Fauci and everybody else. Who I mean, come on. Okay, can we talk about Florida for a minute? Yeah, dude. Okay, Florida. Let's talk about Florida for a second because I just saw this Twitter thread today about uh, the renewing your housing insurance. Right, mm-hmm. like some for some people it's gone up double. Some people it's like a thousand dollars more, right. and all these. And like no one's talking about this this crisis that people are having in Florida, and they're writing about how they're going to move because they can't afford to be in their homes. Yeah. Everyone talks about wanting to go to Florida because there's no income tax. And the amount of money that we pour into Florida when they have a natural disaster. And now they can't even stay in their And it's only going to get worse because everything's getting worse as far as the the weather, ecology, and everything. So you're going to have more hurricanes, more everything going on down there that we've got to fix up for you guys. I mean, mean, God, that Fort Myers. My dad lived in Fort Myers Beach when he was alive. And so I know that area pretty well. And uh, my my people and and the people and that wasn't an, an affluent area like Naples a little farther south that's more affluent Fort Myers Beach especially was kind of you know it, it, so you can't afford to re, to live there like you can't rebuild you can't afford to pay right. the regular insurance whatever's coming up now so those people who were there their lives are they have to move on somewhere else like you know and they, and that's a tough to give up if you're a beach bomber it's just hanging out and enjoying that life and now you got to go up to. In Mississippi or somewhere to get to go find a where go live. 
That's a huge adjustment. It's not the same. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not at all. Yeah, you know, it, it is. Uh, you're going from ukulele to banjo music. You know, so that's a <laughs> but tough. That, but those areas, though, we were talking about this with with Senator Peters yesterday about how much DeSantis is very effective, and he's hoodwinked these folks oh, yeah. into believing he's doing the right thing because he's he's done a lot of it by demonizing groups of people, mm-hmm. people who have uh, have served time for crime, people who uh, are living their lives li- loving who they love, yeah. uh, people of color, immigrants. I mean, like flying people to Martha's Vineyard as a as a right. publicity. Stunt. They're they're blinded by the emotional, you know, yeah. things that they hit them with, and they don't the day to day they they miss they forget and don't pay attention to the day to day stuff that they're getting screwed over yeah. over and over again and losing their rights and losing all sorts of uh, lifestyle abilities because they're getting sucked dry by the local politicians and whoever uh, and local authorities. Um, but they, they, you tap in that emotion, and that's that that's where it goes. That's an easy one to tap into, and a lot of folks. And and the thing is, I heard I remember I heard Edwin today talking to, to uh, Joan, and they were kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, and Edwin's like, and I'm very positive. And, and but what it comes to is their vote is as productive or as dangerous as my vote. So every, you, you can't write those people off. We, we need that. We need people yeah. to, be, to be smarter because you, well, people like us, yeah, we, we're educated. We keep it. We're on that. We have our pulse on everything. We don't take anything for granted. We're in it. But when it comes down to it, our vote is no more than their vote. They're, they're, they're equal. You know what I mean? So you, I'm getting all the work I'm doing uh, I'm, that I think I'm doing may be nullified by some jerk who's just, oh, by the way, I'm just, I vote Republican all the time. Right. You know, so it's, but it's so sad. It's well, like, remember, Jesus. I don't know if you remember that one day when I was saying, like, we should just infiltrate. I mean, like, if people are just going to vote with someone with an R next to their name, yeah. I think we just start running as Republicans no, and then go, right, gotcha. Right. Then, right. All of a sudden, I turn around like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> well, because, like, I mean, if it doesn't that, matter. I know. That's how little they pay attention. Seriously. As long as they hear the couple key words, you know, that they're looking for, guns. Guns and, and babies. And, yeah, right. Exactly. Stuff like that, you know. Uh, that's it, and it's uh, it, they're easy pickings, uh, and and that's so that's that's what's sad. That's why we have to show up. But the thing is, we have bigger numbers. We just got to continue to show up. Yep. And the the Gen Zs and everybody like that. God bless you. Keep coming at us. Keep keep it going. Uh, and again, I think I said this before on your show. The Republicans, the conservatives like that, they're just they're going to die off because they, they it's not going to they can't sustain. They're they're an older uh, demo. And they're loosey-goosey when it comes to COVID. We're seeing everything right now just ramping up again. And you're going to lose. They're going to lose their 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 constituents. And I think it's also uh, you know the 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 way even though college is much more expensive, we still have a, a generation that has access to all this information online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and look, and it's another thing I wanted to ask the representative uh, representative Cam Buckner about. You know, he, we've talked about social media, and, and again, can, I can't stress enough, you guys. Uh, you might see the link, and maybe even my telling you about this video um, of of folks who were uh, gunned down. Uh, do whatever you can to not watch the video, um, but we uh, we have to get a handle on our online news sources. What is a valid news site, right? What is you know what is truly not entertainment? What is you know factually? Yeah. What is we have to, there has to be some way to vet information that is out there. So when you go do research, you are on the right places. And I know that some legislators have talked about finding ways to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Be, it, WCBT, I have them on, on the backdrop all day long, whether I'm in my car, at home. I, I, I just have it in the backdrop. That's Thank you my for back. That. It is, I'm, it's, just, it's the truth. And I'm glad I do. I, I, I'll be honest, like, I don't. CNN, I haven't watched CNN. If I watched two hours of CNN in the last two years, I'd be shocked. I just, I watched a little bit of MSNBC. I loved Rachel. She's not on as much anymore. And 
I watch her on Mondays. I watch some of those other shows, but I, I, I'm very selective. I, I do my homework. I, and if I see something or hear something, I double check it. I I'm sorry, I'm yeah. just watching yeah. someone grab an AOC IPA. Exactly, she's, she's grabbing. <laughs> I like the IPA, it's exactly. a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, all, she's, yeah she's all, we're, sorry. we're making some sales yeah, here. Yeah, let's go make a sale. Exactly. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back after this on WCPT 820. Heartland oh, signal. a lot of people here. <laughs> More in a moment. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we drive home. we got a few more minutes. Jerry's helping out a few of the customers who are looking for specific beers, including the Kamala Stout. We are broadcasting live from Taste in Rogers Park. It's at 1506 Jarvis, right at the intersection of Jarvis and Greenwood. Folks have been coming in and trying out some of the beers and uh, chatting it up with uh, Kirk Banks. Anybody come back on with me, Brandon? <laughs> Brandon's like, come on on. I'm, I want to talk about the champagne that you uh, that you shared with me. I don't know if this is the one that you mentioned. Brandon is the manager here. Uh, he's the, uh, the, the purchaser and manager, right? Of yep, I'm the buyer and the manager here. The- um, so my degree is in wine sales and marketing, and I worked in distribution and importing, exporting back in Seattle. Um, and I love being in this neighborhood, and it's just... What drew you to Rogers Park? Um, well, I got divorced. That'll drive you to Rogers Park, sure. And the- my ex-husband is a dumpster fire. But I originally fell in love with Chicago because I um, got scouted by Columbia College to interview for their sign language interpreting program. Come on. It's tr- you, have sign, you're a sign, you know sign language. Yeah, it's my second language. Oh, I don't have that many. I, I've got, I know frog, and I know sheep, and I know dog. Turtle. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know turtle. Turtle. Oh, I'm also, I'm also, I got it. I got you. Turtle. Right, turtle. Turtle. Am I right there? Turtle. I, I can't make, how do you or make? if you want to say sea turtle. Okay. Oh, I, by the way, this is great for radio, but I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I love cats, too. Yeah. Um, so, no. So, I got scouted by Columbia and came out to Chicago when I was in my early 20s and got accepted to this program and then couldn't afford it because it's a private college. How, wait, hold on a second, Brandon. How do they scout you for something and then make you pay for it? <laughs> that seems like when they scout that, good, good. that is a very good question. I'm just saying. That's um, so when I was in school in Seattle at Seattle Central, which is used to be one of the best sign language schools in the country because there's a huge deaf population in Seattle. So I was like, well, I'm going to work on interpreting and comparative linguistics, and that's going to be kind of my focus. Like how languages like compare and how you pick how you choose what you're talking about because not every word has a translation or not every phrase has a translation and I they Columbia just found out that oh here's this kid in Seattle that knows what he's doing, well, let's try and poach him. Right. Well, <laughs> if they're going to poach you, they better make it worth your time. Well, oh boy. they didn't. So I 
came and interviewed, didn't, I, I got accepted, but I couldn't afford it. And it was one of those like, well, I'm just going to keep coming back to Chicago and keep coming back to Chicago. And when I got divorced a couple of years ago, like I'm a, I'm a coast kid. Like I'm from sure. Seattle. Like that's, I mean, we have the lake, but it doesn't compare to the ocean, but having friends in Portland, in San Francisco, in LA, in DC, in Boston, in Florida. Like I'm a coastal kid. Like I need to be next to water all the time. And so one of my friends was like, you've been talking about Chicago for 15 years. You should just move there. You have a degree in wine. You're a food-based kid. Like, you will not have a hard time finding a job. Right. And so I bought a one-way ticket on a train, packed up two suitcases, called it good. Wow. And so Rogers Park in particular. Well, I moved here, and I was living with friends over in Westridge in the middle of Little India, and they're also friends of mine from Seattle. And... It was one of those, like, well, I have a couch. Uh, <laughs> figure it out. And I figured it out. And I applied for this job. And I walked in. And the manager at the time was super lovely. And, like, really, Paul was, like, really wonderful. And so I walked in. And I was like, oh, you have this thing. You have that thing. I know this importer. I know that producer. Like, I know all of these people personally right. from back home. And he was like, you have a job. Oh. When can you start? I was like, tomorrow. Oh, that's what, and how long have you been here? <laughs> I've been here for three years. Come on. I mean, that's for folks who haven't worked in retail, tell them how significant it is to it be at one. It makes a difference. Yeah. It really does make a difference. Like, it's... I love this neighborhood. I love what I do. I have a degree that I'm using in my job. And I, like, yeah. I couldn't be happier. I live a block away from work. Outstanding. The farthest I have to travel is going to my boyfriend's house. And where does the boyfriend live? Uh, he's down in Belmont. Oh, he's in Belmont. <laughs> right. It is a hall. It's, you know. Yeah, that way. Definitely that way. Seven stops uh, well, on the red line. But it... This had to be a very hopping place during the pandemic, though, because people... Well, we really... Because people were getting through the pandemic with... And because we could only have, like, four people in the shop at a time, and there was a big space that you had to be around people, um, we did a huge, like, delivery program where we overhauled everything to be able, like... Here's the online store. Well, if you want XYZ, like we'll deliver it to you. Like that's not a problem. Or if you are more comfortable with us just leaving it outside. Right. We will wait until you're like, hey, I'm 20 minutes away. Right. Cool. So that way someone doesn't take your stuff. Like we were very specific about making sure that people were comfortable, people were safe. It, and us, be, because we serve food and snacks here, we were considered not first response. What's the word? Um, Frontline. 
front line. You were you were front line, yeah. And so we got the first vaccines, and we were all like in line, nice. done. Like yeah. we believe in science and safety. I love that. I've got to run, uh, and I want to thank you so much again. We've been talking to Brandon, who's the manager and the buyer here at Taste, fifteen oh six West Jar West, West Jarvis, Jarvis. Yep, yep, yep. right at Greenwood, and a beautiful place. I really love being. Okay, thank I you so some, much for I'm hanging try some out. Stuff. I'm gonna hang out for a while. What are you talking about? Ooh, <laughs> thank you so much. No, it's just so lovely to have you here. And like, I'll be back. You I'll count on it. We'll be back. We're we'll not be. going anywhere, sister. All right, then. <laughs> Thank you back at the station, Lady B. Love you. Have a great night, everyone. Be safe. We'll be back tomorrow. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you. Bye, Lady B.